Good morning. The first reading is from Micah 6. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the hills hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you endearing foundations of the earth. For the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. O my people, what have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me. For I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent you before Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. O my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Bor, answered him, and what happened from Shatam de Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, mortal, what is good? What does the Lord require of you? but to do justice and to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God. Here ends the reading. We'll now read Psalm 15 responsibly. Lord, who may dwell in your tabernacle, who may abide upon your holy hill. They do not slander with the tongue. They do no evil to their friends. They do not cast discredit upon a neighbor. They do not give their money and hope of gain, nor do they take bribes against the innocent. Those who do these things shall never be overthrown. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians. The message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since, in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided, through the foolishness of our proclamation, to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles, But to those who are the called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, for God's foolishness is wiser than human wisdom, and God's weakness is stronger than human strength. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. 
God chose what is low and despised in the world, things that are not, to reduce to nothing things that are, so that no one might boast in the presence of God. He is the source of your life in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the ones who boast, boast in the Lord. Here ends the reading. this Lord's Day is printed on the special insert to your bulletin. It is found in Luke chapter 2. Now when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, Mary and Joseph brought baby Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And Mary and Joseph offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested upon him. It had been revealed to Simeon by the Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came to the temple. And when the parents of Jesus brought in the child to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God and said, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and the sword will pierce your soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that very moment she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child Jesus to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. Now when Mary and Joseph had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own hometown of Nazareth. Jesus grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, the favor of God was upon him. So far the reading of the gospel. 
be seated. Good morning once more and welcome. I want to do this one more time. John the Baptist was surprised. Isaiah the prophet was tired. Simon Peter was comfortable. And this week, a man we don't talk about nearly as often, his name was Simeon. Simeon was blessed. He was blessed. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied among you all in the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We are this morning exactly 40 days after Christmas, for your information. And according to Old Testament law, and you can look this up later in the book of Leviticus chapter 12, but according to Old Testament law, on the 40th day after a baby boy is born, the family is supposed to report to the temple in Jerusalem and offer God some simple sacrifices, a thank offering, if you will. And you see this law referenced in the first couple of verses of the story I just read here in Luke 2. Well, Mary and Joseph, of course, were pious, God-fearing people. And so on the 40th day after Jesus was born, there they are on the dot in the temple with their offerings in their hands, just like that Old Testament law told them they were supposed to. And while they were there in the temple, while they were there, they met up with a man whose name was Simeon. Now, Simeon, we are told, was a good and faithful man who served God and loved God's people, and he had done so all the days of his very long life. And according to verse 26, one day much earlier in Simeon's life, the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he was not going to die until the Savior had been born. The exact sentence from Scripture says that Simeon would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. In other words, God had said, Hey, Simeon, guess what, dude? You are going to live until Jesus is born. Now think about that for a minute. All the prophets in ancient times, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Daniel, Ezekiel, Micah, all these prophets had known that Jesus would one day come. All these prophets had spoken about it and written about it. All these prophets wanted to see it happen, but they didn't get to. All the faithful People in ancient times, nameless to us, faceless, known only to God. All the faithful people in Old Testament times, they believed the Savior would come. They longed for it. They prayed it might happen in their own lifetimes. 
It didn't. God's plan was otherwise. God's timetable was different. All those faithful people and all of those prophets had wanted to see the Christ child, but no. It was Simeon and Simeon alone who was told, you, yes, you will live till the Savior comes. You, yes, you will see him face to face. So how do you suppose Simeon felt when he first received that promise? As a much, much younger man, how do you suppose he felt knowing that he would receive this unique opportunity? Well, Simeon must have felt very fortunate indeed. Kind of like he just won some sort of spiritual sweepstakes. Hey, everybody, look, I just picked the Powerball. I just won the heavenly lotto here. I'm the one who gets to live to see the Savior born. How lucky I am. Well, lucky might not have been the word that Simeon used. Blessed. How blessed I am, thought Simeon the younger. How blessed I am that God has chosen me. And he was right. He was blessed. But the funny thing about being blessed by God, funny thing about being blessed, there's always a burden that goes with it. Make no mistake, in the Bible, there is a burden that goes with being blessed. Young Simeon was promised he would see the Christ child, and he did. When he was old, any idea how long he had to wait? Standing there waiting in the temple day after day, any idea how many crying baby boys he had to look at over the years? What child is this? Pardon me, ma'am, what child is this? Any idea how long he waited, patiently dealing with parents till at last the Christ child was brought to him? Simeon was blessed to see baby Jesus, but it wasn't easy. Blessings never are. Blessings are never easy. To be blessed by God in this world of time is to carry a burden for God in this world of time. And I'd like to say that again. It's important. To be blessed by God is to be burdened by God. To be given by God a special responsibility. It's not easy. But it's simply what it means by being blessed. <coughs> so with that, let me now fast forward to us and the world we live in today. I think it's safe to say that our lives today are filled to overflowing with all kinds of good gifts from God. We have our families, after all, and we have our friends. We have jobs, many of us, and we live comfortable lives. We have places to live and food to eat. We have a measure of health and strength. We live in this country, a land of freedom and opportunity, and so on. 
Our lives, in short, are filled with the kinds of good gifts that other people in other parts of the world cannot even imagine. Now, why is that? Why is that? Why do we enjoy all of these good gifts? Are we that nice? Are we that deserving? Are we just lucky? Is it simply our good fortune to live in this place and time? No, actually. For us as Christians, the word is not luck or good fortune. We don't think of ourselves as good or deserving. The word is blessed. We have been blessed by God in this place and time, and I think we know it. We have been blessed. Okay, fine. What does that mean? What does it mean to be blessed by God? Well, let me tell you. It means we have been burdened by God. It means we have been called by God. It means we are responsible to God for the use of these gifts. We have comfortable incomes, for example. We have money. We have been blessed materially. Now, now why is that anyway? Why is that? Is it so we can spend every last cent on ourselves? We have been blessed financially so we can use those resources to care for God's people. Feeding them, clothing them, offering them a hand up. We have been blessed, many of us, with a measure of health and strength. Now, why is that? Is it so we can spend every day pursuing our own hobbies and habits and lifestyles? No. It's so we can spend every day pursuing the will of God, working to care for God's people everywhere. And we are blessed to live in a land of freedom. Why is that? Why? Well, not so I can use my freedom as a covering for evil. See 1 Peter chapter 2. Not so I can use my freedom to indulge my worst instincts. See Galatians 5. Rather, so that we can freely become the servants of God by becoming the servants of one another. See Mark chapter 9. Most of all, we have been blessed by God with the good news of the gospel. Jesus, the Son of God, foretold by prophets and seen by this man Simeon, Jesus died for us and on the third day rose from the dead. Blessed by the forgiveness of sins, we are now called to forgive each other. Blessed by the gift of the empty tomb, we are called to carry a cross. Blessed to be the children of God forever, we are called to be his children here and now in a world that is literally dying for lack of hope. We are blessed, we are burdened. We are burdened, we are blessed. Really, if you think about it, I don't believe you can have one without the other. Meantime, God promised Simeon that he would see Jesus with his very own eyes. And you know something, God has promised you the very same thing. One day Christ will return and we will see him for ourselves face to face forever. Until then, may you like Simeon recognize all the blessings in your life 
And with the help of God, may you, like Simeon, shoulder the burden that always comes with the blessing. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. And we turn to the hymn.